Hello again, everyone. Welcome to another episode of Game Pass Grabbag, your weekly podcast reviewing games from the Game Pass collection, bringing you three unique perspectives from varying skill range. I am the seeker of fame and fortune for this episode. Andrew, with me, the curse of this podcast, Keith. So rude. Hello. And the one who brings the boom to the Temple of Doom, our returning guest, Dave. That's right. Hi, everybody. And this week, we played another roguelike, because... That's what we tend to do these days, and we this time we round we played Curse of the Dead Gods by Pastech Games. Curse of the Dead Gods is a top-down roguelike where you are playing an explorer trying to seek fame and fortune through these Aztec temples, but unfortunately as you're progressing, you are also obtaining a curse. So you have to try to make it out as quickly as you can through the temple as you try to fight the dead gods. Going around, Keith, was this a gamer pass for you? Well, it's a roguelike, so I think you know my answer. I think this game is awesome. I uh, really, really, really like it. It's nothing, nothing uh, genre-breaking by any means. They don't do a whole lot. I don't think that's really all that special, but it plays nicely, and I think it has some fun elements. The you know the light and the darkness, um, and like you said, kind of running up against the the timeline of the curses. So in some ways, it kind of almost had like a darkest dungeon feel in that way. Uh, but yeah, yeah, overall, I, I really liked it. It's a game, definitely a game. I'm, I'm actually going to be with you, Keith. I'm going to give this a definite game as well. I know we've played a lot of roguelikes. I mean, because this is what we do. I mean, but you for do whatever say reason. That you don't know when this episode's coming out. We might not be playing a lot of roguelikes then. Just <laughs> kidding. We will. At this point, we've played rogue-like. like 20. <laughs> but Curse of the Dead Gods, for whatever reason, like this game hooked me. I was really into this. It, there, it does have a lot of just small, simple mechanics. But the simple, like these small, simple mechanics, just are really cool, and I, I really enjoyed my time with Curse of the Dead Gods. This was definitely a game for me as well. Um, from the moment I picked it up, I knew this was something that I liked, and it was, it hooked me. It, when I died or if I lost, it wasn't frustrating. It was more, I knew what I did wrong, and I wanted to get back in there and, and beat it. So. I think that's a good mechanic for any of these types of games. So this was definitely a game. So, wow, I, I like that this is a definite game from all three of us. I don't think we've ever had a, a, all three definite game on something. Unanimous. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was honestly surprised how much I love this game. But, yeah, getting into the story, the story is not much non-existent for the most part. I mean, it has, like, a quick second cut scheme of, like, a black and white silhouette of you know a, a guy entering a dungeon and the door closes behind him and he's trapped in this dungeon and that's about it so you can just kind of piece together that you are kind of a explorer probably in like i don't know what time you'd say this is like 1920s or so yeah i suppose nah, i don't know it's like pistols i don't know Maybe like 30s i don't know but either way i don't think time yeah. time is relevant outside of the fact yeah. that there's no laser guns or anything i guess that's true but you, uh, you're essentially this explorer who already has a cursed arm, and you are essentially just trying to go through these dungeons. There's three type of categories. There's, you know, red, which is like a jaguar, which is, tends to be more blood and fire. Then you have green, which is a serpent, which tends to be more poison. Then you have blue, which is... Lightning? Yeah, but what was the species? Yeah, it's lightning, but what was the species? Oh. Oh, eagle. No, eagle, that's ja- right. Yeah, eagle, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, which is, you know, a lot of lightning and ends up doing more with weather effects. So you have like these three different paths that you kind of end up having to go through each one of them to progress. And then at the end of each one, you end up fighting a boss. So there is a little bit of lore. I don't know if you guys ever looked through the bestiary, but this is one thing that I do love when roguelikes do, that there is like a bestiary and you can kind of get a little bit of backstory. 
And I don't know if you guys read them, but some of them are really dark. I didn't go into it. I looked through it a little bit to see like how I was progressing through unlocking some of them, but I didn't really deep dive or read much of it. No, any of it, I should say. Same here. They seemed a little too long to me. So <laughs> I, just, I, I mean, they're a little bad. wordy, but it's still wasn't too big. But I mean, I at least love that they at least added it. But because, you know, this game deals with like an ancient Aztec temple, which is awesome because that's not a theme that's played with too much. So I like that a roguelike ended up doing this. I mean, some people are comparing. So Hades is a lot of is a game that a lot of people are comparing this game to, which Hades is ends up being Greek mythology, which is cool. And then, you know, this one does Aztec. So they're kind of like similar ish. But I, I do love like the Aztec theme of it, because when you're reading through some of the lore, you know, it's talking about like how they were doing sacrifices and like the different gods they were sacrificing to and like what their purpose was. But some are kind of dark, as I said, like when you're in the lightning world, like you're you're fighting like these electric babies and like reading the story on them is just kind of creepy. Were they but, sacrificed yeah, so, babies? Yeah. Hmm. So it's like, it. it's creepy, <laughs> but yeah, so there isn't too much of a story. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to get to the end. I'm on the final boss run, but I just can't get past it. This is the time I'm finally stuck on it, but anywhere I've seen, there isn't really much of an overall story. No, I was going to say, I, I, well, I don't dive into the codex stuff or the bestiary and all and all that stuff. Information, I I do like that they have it, and I and honestly, I like that it does exactly what a roguelike should do, and just be like, hey, here's a kind of general reason that you're at this place and you're doing this thing over and over again. We're not gonna force you to have this whole big storyline around it because you're really just here to play the game. Like, yeah, I just think it's funny. I never figured I liked a bestiary until I played a game that doesn't have one. And then I kind of get frustrated because I like to at least, even though I don't always read them, it is always kind of nice to have it and look at and, you know, maybe see some concept art, maybe some, get some tips and tricks to how to beat the monsters. But I also like the bestiary was also kind of a, uh, like a side quest because in order to progress in the bestiary and unlock more art or whatever, you have to like kill a certain amount of those enemies without getting injured by them. So it kind of added like this cool side quest aspect to it. Yeah, that's that's actually what I was checking every time I would go into it. I would go and like, oh, let's see how many more I have to kill of this and, and that or whatever. So I, I do agree with you there. And I didn't even see that. <laughs> you didn't even know that's a thing? Dave's nope. like, wait, there's a bestiary in this game? That sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Just made you love the game even more now. I know. But of course, you know, the big hook of this game is, of course, the gameplay. And I got to say, I, I cannot believe how much I like this gameplay because I was just like, you know, this is just another roguelike. You're doing the same things, running through a dungeon, dodging, attacking, fighting a boss, picking up relics, rinse and repeat. But Curse of the Dead God actually does some, has some unique elements to it that really hooked me. For one, this game has like a stamina bar, but it's not even a stamina bar. It's, it's a stamina pips. Like you have six little pips. <laughs> Dots. Dots, whatever you want to call them. <laughs> And it, it had a cool, like, mechanic behind it because it's, like, a risk and reward with just the stamina. You know, do you want to keep fighting and end up doing a combo? But doing a combo ends up consuming one of your stamina. Or do you want to save that stamina to dodge? And so I really liked this kind of balance act of risk and reward. And then you have a whole light and dark system. Then you have, you know, te- uh, traps around the temple. Then you have a whole curse aspect. I love the mechanics in this game. Uh, yeah, I, I think that's... 
one of the biggest things around it and and what's gonna need what it what a roguelite at this point needs to do to be a good one is it needs to give you just an at least just enough that stands out and i know i said it doesn't do a lot of special things but i don't know like you said that these mechanics are just so small that that they help the gameplay because in a lot of ways what i felt like it ends up doing is the gameplay it's easy to pick up it's easy to play but it's very very hard to master and yeah. it wasn't even really until the last couple hours or so that I've been playing where I'm like, okay, I actually really feel like I, I know how to do this. Like all of the fights are kind of a little bit of a dance with, you know, cause every, every move is not scripted, but they have a set move or a set of attacks, to the enemies, but you end up with yeah. like, different variations of them all the time. So you don't know exactly how you have to do that dance every time. And that's where the hard to master comes in. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you made a good point, Keith. Like, this game is familiar enough to someone who's played a roguelike, but different enough to hook you and be different and unique. And I think the stamina bar does provide that extra wrinkle a lot, though, because it, I think, I know when I first started, I just ran in there, and that was, like, the first thing that basically killed me, is I'd run in there, try to fight everybody, and then you find yourself out of stamina, and you get killed really quickly. Yeah. But... Um, learning how to balance it and to parry and to roll or dodge was, you know, and when to just leave enemies alone and not go for your combos was, you know, all about that dance, like you said, Keith. Oh, parrying is so hard in this game. It, <laughs> it is. Like I'm so game, bad really. at it. But it See, but I think... what I loved about the parrying, though, is like it was always, a for me, a latch-ditch latch, latch, effort because if I ran out of stamina and I couldn't dodge, you still have a chance to parry. And yeah, doing a parry is very difficult, and if you can master it, like you will master this game. But I, I at least like that they included it. It wasn't something I was used, but it was nice. Yeah, I I was absolutely the same way. It was always like, oh crap, oh crap, oh crap, I don't have any dodge. Better hope I hit this. And then when you do, it usually gives you stamina, maybe bonus, depending yeah. on what you have on you. Like it, it just it was it was refreshing and it and it made it just that much more interesting every run because then you factor in all three of the different worlds and they get a little repetitive but as far as like each one individually but outside of those like they're all very very different fights you want to play them differently take different equipment in there and like they vary on their difficulty so i even really like that aspect of it yeah i i loved the enemies of this game uh you kind of mentioned keith like there's so there's three unique worlds of you know red blue green as I said at the beginning, and they're all different but kind of the same. So anytime you go to a world, you normally have like one sort of melee fighter, like a very generic enemy, and so each world has its version of that generic enemy. Each world has its version of the ranged enemy. Each world has a version of their mage. So you kind of anytime you're going to a new world or trying out a different run as soon as you see an enemy you can kind of figure out like oh he's the guy who's gonna be the melee guy he's the guy who's gonna be the ranged guy so i loved even though you're in an unfamiliar place it's still similar enough that you kind of had an idea what was going on but their timings were different which could that is really true. throw yeah. you off yeah the harpies had wicked range as a melee and you just right. wouldn't be expecting they come flying out of nowhere there nowhere and then yeah you just have like those little creeper ones that were just fast as I'll get up and they'd sprint up on you four at a time. So yeah, it was just always some varying degree of, of how they, they came at you. For me, I hated the green world. The enemies in the green world always irritated me. I thought the temple was a boringest and I hated the enemies, especially I think, the bosses. I think it's funny you say that because that was my favorite. I actually, 
struggled the least in the poison area, and I I just really liked it. Uh, as a matter of fact, I I don't know if it was my first playthrough on the third tier, but it was definitely the first time I got to that boss. I was telling Dave before you got on here was that I be I beat him the first try. I mean I was I was beefy, but it was <laughs> one one and done for me. That's uh, that's one thing I really really gotta praise Curse of the Dead Gods for is its difficulty. So when you first start the game and you start a run, you get like a map that kind of shows you a temple, you know, like a pyramid. So you have like three tracks on it, but you can only go on the first floor of it. So like as Slay you're beating, a little bit, yeah. And like as you but like unlike Slay the Spire though, your first run as soon as you beat that first boss. You won. You beat the run. Congratulations. And you unlock the next floor of the temple, so you have to start over again. So this game really just drip-feeds you the difficulty, and I loved that so much of this game. As soon as I started it, very first run, I beat the first boss. And I was just like, this game's so easy. I'm going to burn through this game. And I will say, I was, for the most part, I was going pretty quick. Most runs I was beating in one or two tries, and it wasn't until the final boss where you literally have to climb the entire temple fight every single boss and get to the final end. That's when it's like, holy crap, this is really difficult. So it does such a good job like feeding you. And it's not like, hey, you better have mastered this right away because here you go. You're off to the wolves. Yeah, I agree. So the funny thing about the difficulty to me was the the beginning of the run almost always felt the hardest. It was like <laughs> really? the very start of the run because you have nothing. And so you're like kind of, I mean, you're not under underprepared by any means but it actually have to like kind of chew through a couple enemies but then you start to go through a couple of rooms and you get maybe an upgrade to your weapon maybe some extra stat points and you're still fighting the same difficulty of enemies that you were two rooms earlier you're just stronger now so it kind of gets easier and i'd say even right around till about the latter half of the second tier and it's right about there where then it just starts to get harder and harder leading up until that third boss so i thought it kind of has like a cool little like bell curve of almost like reverse bell curve where it's like gets a little easier and then a lot (laughs) harder again what did you guys think of the curses so the curse mechanic i thought was awesome this game so anytime you open a so you have a curse meter you know zero to a hundred anytime you open a door you get 20 curse points you know some enemies only do curse damage anytime you go to 100 you get a curse and there's five, you have a total of five curses you can have. Once you get to the fifth, your health just drains until you get to one health and it's a one hit kill and you're dead. I thought the curse system was super cool because every room you're going to has like a reward. You know, at the end of this one, you can either upgrade your stats, you can upgrade your weapon, get a new weapon, get a new relic. And if you, you know, there's gold you're picking up and you can spend the gold to buy the item or whatever, the upgrade. But if you don't have it, you can also do it for curse points. And I loved that mechanic. I loved just like being like, crap, I don't have enough money, but I really want this item. Screw it. I'll risk it. I'll take the curse. And then some curses you get are actually helpful. And then other ones are just awful. But I thought the curses were such a fun mechanic. I liked them too. I thought they were, they, they made you change how you played the game. But I thought some of them were really, really tough. Like the one that makes you lose stamina. That one basically was like run ending. Um, oh yeah, when you lose one of your your dots of stamina, yeah, hated that one. There are a few others that were really tough too. But. Yeah, but some of them were kind of helpful, like the bloodlust one, where killing enemies no longer gives you gold but gives you health, and like you can end up being super beefy because you end up just having so much health. 
Yeah. See, that's the thing is I, I thought the curses as a whole, and maybe this is what I liked about the system, is it wasn't overly bearing. I, I do agree the stamina one sucked. It, I mean, losing that, that little bar of stamina or whatever it is, that made it difficult. But outside of that, I, didn't, I thought most of them at least had some sort of a benefit attached to them. And, yeah. and then, like you said, some of them could almost be an outright like an outright bonus if you were built right for it. Cause there were times where I'd have a relic already that I did like 30% damage when I was in darkness. And you know, maybe my weapon also did 15% damage in darkness. And then on top of that, I have a, a quote unquote curse now that does another 30% damage in darkness. So like very quickly, I'm just mowing through everything without even needing to worry about the light. So thanks curse. But <laughs> you don't always get that lucky. I mean, there's still always that RNG of, of a roguelike. And so, yeah, they can they can always be harmful. But I, I liked that you could play with them. And I think you were kind of saying that, Dave, as far as, like, having the ability to, you know, build yourself around them and whatnot. Uh, I don't know if you guys felt this way, but I felt like, as far as a roguelike goes, I did not feel like I was a slave to the RNG. Like, I felt like this game was 100% skill. You could have the crappiest weapons, crappiest relics, but as long as you're good enough, you can beat this game. I don't think I don't think I would say a slave to them, but there was definitely, like, the RNG could absolutely work in your favor. It, it, rarely, well, yeah. it rarely hurts you. So I guess what it, maybe that's what you're saying, because I don't feel yeah. like it ever held me back a whole lot. But, yeah, it could definitely help you a lot. The later runs, it mattered more. I mean... You had to take what they gave you, and it sometimes severely changed how you played. Yeah. Another thing that I think is really helpful playing Curse of the Dead Gods, enemies can just drop stuff. And this is something that I never realized how much I loved and like wanted. You know, normally when you play other roguelikes, it's normally like, oh, at the end of the room or after a boss, you get a relic or whatever, an upgrade. No, you could just kill just a random monster, and he could drop a really good relic or a really good weapon. And it was just like this just, it was a nice reward. It always just made me feel like I wanted to go out and keep fighting enemies and exploring the dungeons. It wasn't just like, oh, I can only get a relic if I fight a boss or go to the relic room. No, you can just get them. And so it's a constant reward. And I also love, too, if you get a relic you don't like, you have the option to actually sacrifice it to the gods and get some sort of reward, whether it be money or you know, lose some of your corruption from your curse. Or you know, maybe you can get uh, increased stat points. Yeah, there's just so many little mechanics of this game that just made it so fun. Yeah, there was no such thing as a truly bad drop. Everything yeah. had some sort of a benefit because of that because of that trade-in option. Yeah, sometimes it's like, here's 110 gold, and cool, I have 10 life right now. I, I kind of needed more than just some gold, but a benefit's still a benefit, and yeah. so you can't argue there. But yeah, there's just uh, the different ways that the like even stats stacked up on top of each other, and like they used uh, mechanics isn't the word for it, I guess. But they just I don't know they had cool ways of doing it. Whether it was like you know you having a stat on a weapon that would be you know increase in damage if you were carrying another type of weapon in your other hand, or yeah. the you know being in light versus dark, or for you know bonus damage for building a specific stat, things like that, or just really cool little features of ways that you're like just always improving every time you got something or every time you upgraded something. Yeah. As much as like Keith, as you said, like I love just like any drop, no drop is a bad drop. And like that includes like with the weapons, I, the weapon catalog in this game is to me is incredibly impressive. There's something what, like 
four or five pages of like 30 a piece i think something like that something like that yeah there's a there's a good chunk of them yeah i liked i think my favorite was even towards the end i still think i liked the whip the best as my secondary weapon in the primary i liked the sword something quick and more melee focused but each weapon had its own benefit which i thought was good and you could build them out to help you and to help you beat that boss and some some bosses you wanted to build a different set than you'd want to build for a different one which is kind of cool i will say my only complaint with the weapons is the bows for me so you have three categories of weapons you have your primary your secondary and then you have a heavy weapon so primary is like x secondary is y and then your heavy weapons your b button and so what i hated about the bows the bows were under the heavy weapon category and they were kind of a on in their own kind of a curse to have because every once in a while you're exploring the dungeon there's uh temples and traps that can actually attack you and not only that there's also cracked walls and only bombs and like heavy hammers can break those walls which are also heavy weapons so if you get a bow and you take up your heavy weapon category you will not be able to break these traps or be able to open these walls so for me i always hated the bows they were great they were fun to have and i thought they were helpful during the boss fight but you end up like not being able to access some parts of the dungeon which to me kind of sucked the spear was the same way oh that's right and the spear yeah that was another heavy weapon you could do that yeah i i I almost never picked then either of those up i just i didn't care for them i thought they were too slow and all in all just not that good I, I my absolute favorite heavy-handed was uh, one of the two-handed hammers. I think it was like the the sky hammer. Oh yeah, that thing. Just, lightning. Yeah, it just like always did a ton of damage, and it was it was just really effective at sweeping out and clearing mobs of like smaller enemies. But as far as the 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 main weapons, I'm kind of torn because I I I honestly towards the end liked any main weapon that had some good elemental damage at least like poison or fire but really preferably poison seemed like it was the best one and poison's yeah. great against bosses yeah so i like one of my best runs i had the the poison claws which i think were by and far my favorite because like you said dave i liked the quickness and they didn't use up a lot of stamina so you could get in and out of fights yeah. pretty quickly which i liked a lot and so i had a set of poison claws which was just a, an absolute melter and I think it was a whip that I had that even increased my claws damage. So it was like just the perfect combination and both of them were poison. So those are great. But I also got to say, I, I'm a big, big fan of the shields, but only really specifically the one that gives you the 25% chance to just automatically parry. Cause that is such a lifesaver and you don't really even realize it until you use it. And yeah. it happens to proc like three times in a row. And you're like, I would have been dead. Cause yeah. it's like one of those big beefy boys or something like that. And, uh, I, I was a big fan of that. And that was one weapon that I consistently took to like the end of a run when I would get it. I used them a lot more, the shields after, uh, talking to you guys about them. Cause you guys were telling me how good they were. And I hardly ever used them, but cause when I first came in, I was terrible with them, and I'm like, oh, I don't want to use this thing. But um, once you get a little better um, and to just kind of get the timings down, it it is a great weapon. They are awesome. Yeah, they also do a ton of damage. If you can oh, do yeah. like that, like a good XXY, they will just they will they will pack a punch. 
And they usually send some backwards, too. They do, which is awesome for, like, exploding enemies and stuff like that. You can send them into walls or into other groups of enemies, which is really cool. Uh, Yeah, you remind me that any enemy, anytime you fight the, I always call them the big old beef boys, those enemies were the worst. (laughs) Every every dungeon had its own version of it, and they were just the most obnoxious enemies because they had the largest swing, and it just irritated me. Yeah, hammers and stuff. I'll tell you, though, if you could parry one of them, that's all it would take. You'd knock them back, and you could just melt them down. Uh, they they really didn't. They had a lot of damage, but they took a lot of it. So yeah. if you had your weapons leveled up, it, the parries were hard, yes. But if you could get if you could pull one off, they they were pretty easy to take down. I do I yeah. do hate them though. Yeah, <laughs> I will say some of my favorite weapons uh, for the primary. I love the claws, like you said, Keith. Uh, for me, the uh, claws of evisceration, I believe they were called. Oh yeah. Because they they always crit if an enemy's below thirty percent health. So those things end up melting a boss. Like, if you can get a boss down to 30% health, it's just the fight's basically over. And then if you can get some other relics that, you know, you increase your crit damage or you get health for all the crit damage you do, like, it's a deadly combo. Uh, But I also loved any throwing weapons. Any of the throwing daggers, like the chroma daggers, which would randomly do some sort of elemental damage. Ah, so much fun. I love just being able to keep my range. They would end up burning a lot of stamina, but it was good. Yeah, that was exactly it. I was so torn on daggers because it they were good. I'm trying to think which one in particular. I think it was actually the the red dungeon is where they were pretty effective because you didn't have anything that would like dive at you real quickly. Yeah, they were they were not really all that effective on the lightning. Except for the big beep boys. Well, yeah, big beep boys will still dive. Yeah, but on the on. On the lightning level where you have the harpies and again, oh, yeah. like four of them are coming at you, like dive bombing and you out of stamina and thought you were far away. Now you're not far away and out of stamina and it's just those fights would get ugly, but they were such a fun weapon. Just like having the ability to carry all of the elements and really not knowing what you were going to get, but always, always throwing something elemental out there. It was, it was a good mix up as far. So as far as. I was going to ask you guys, but I don't think we really mentioned it, was the element where there's uh, like those blue tokens that you get that act as a currency, which allow you to uh, like buy permanent upgrades throughout the game. Yes. Like yes. like many uh, a roguelite will do, you know, have these options to, to give you permanent upgrades throughout the game. Uh, so you can upgrade these three, like, what, blessings? Is that what they call them? I don't actually remember what the term is for it. But basically you have, like, you can start the, the one with, or the run with three separate blessings. So I was curious which three oh, you guys you mean, used. Wait, wait, you mean the altars? Not the altars, because you use the blue coins for... Um, I think they are blessings. Yeah, I think it was just like... The... Yeah, like... Oh, 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 they're, they're perks, essentially. Perks. Yeah, yeah, so... I think, I think that's an easier blessings. way to determine. Now I know what you're talking about. I'm, I'm pretty sure they call them blessings, but yes. Yeah, I think they are too, but they're perks, yeah. But effectively, yeah, they're three perks that you can start with. So... I, I was curious if you guys had had favorites that you stuck with on that, and if you did. And and follow up question: Did you buy the two hundred fifty one? I did, and that's the one I use a lot. The two hundred fifty one is anytime you complete a room without taking damage, you get one dexterity skill point. And I didn't proc it all the time, but whenever I did, if I ever had a run going, it would just snowball, and I would just become a glass cannon if I could just really get that going. Oh dang, that wasn't even the one I was. I didn't realize there was more than one. I bought because I bought one oh. of them. 
was oh, the... Oh, no, wait, wait. That one's 200. Yeah, the 250 is the greed counter, right? Yeah, so I did yeah. that with the greed counter. I got that one, too. It's, and it's kind of the same idea. I mean, you instead of dexterity, I think you get 1% damage for every stack of gold counter you have, and the yeah. gold counter stops between combat. Now, it's tricky because it, it still counts down during combat, and if you yeah. get hit, it, it breaks on you. But, yeah, I, I think I got up into, like, the mid-20s. And so you're just doing a bunch of extra damage, and it does unfortunately cap your gold increase at 500. percent Yeah, I will, which I thought was yeah. lame. It is. I, I will agree. Because did you guys notice? I'm pretty sure. So there's gold that sometimes enemies drop that hits the ground, but I think you get gold every time you kill an enemy. Correct. Yeah. Okay. So that that's where that gold counter comes into effect. My other ones I liked. Um, the early one I got that I liked a lot was one that does uh gives you a thousand gold to start the run and it gives you i think it was five perception five, five yeah. yeah perception that's a fantastic one to start with like at the beginning yeah and then later on i got the one that uh, allows bosses to drop five weapons which was really oh, good yeah. later on or five things whether relics or weapons or whatever that was that's clutch i like that one a lot yeah i'm really frustrated that you could only pick three perks because some of these, like a handful of these perks are awesome. And I'm like, I want them all. The one that I took for granted at the beginning, because it was super cheap. It was like five skulls to get. But whenever you killed an enemy, you replenished like two of your stamina dots. And like, I never realized how helpful that was until I took it off. And then I'm like, I'm always out of stamina. But when I had that on, I felt like I never ran out of stamina. That's the worst so, is you, when you don't even realize how good something is until you take it away. And you're like, oh, crap. I feel just absolutely like the hands tied behind my back right now. Yeah. I think uh, so for a while, I actually just did the, the trifecta, as I like to call it. The one It was the one you were talking about, Dave, with the, the plus five to perception and a thousand gold. But there's one that gives you five dexterity. And I think what you get haste for like 10 seconds if you get a perfect dodge or something like that. Yeah. And then the one that gives you five constitution constitution. That's the word. Thank you, Dave. Uh, <laughs> it gives you five <laughs> constitution. And that one's cool. Cause it gives you a bonus one. If your health is under, under half and you go through a room. So you can start to stack up some constitution pretty quickly with that. Also run at the verge of death for a while. <laughs> So yeah, I ran with those until the, the, what you're saying, Dave, is I finally saw the one that gave the five drops and hot dang again, that, that is a fantastic one. When you're getting five drops, one tip I have learned, I learned though, always, you don't have to pick them up, but always look at them before you start yep. deciding what you want to do. Because the amount of times that I kicked myself because there was one that I, I wanted cause it was like plus five to dexterity and it gave me the 66% increase on things offered to the gods and I'd already offered up every single item around it. Like, oh that would have been so much. So so yes, there's there's one of the perks that gives you bonuses for your your god offers and absolutely check to make sure that that thing didn't drop first before you start offering other things up to the gods. Hot tip for everyone out there. Good tip, Keith. Thank you. What did you guys think of the boss fights? I thought they were a lot of fun. I was actually surprised by them too. Yeah, they were they were all varying degrees of difficulty but for again it was this is where i don't know if it was necessarily rng or at least just game choices at this point depending on what you had for a build could definitely make them easier or harder oh yeah but as a whole yeah they were all varied enough they seemed to kind of fit a pattern 
of you know kind of the theme of their their biome that they that they existed in and uh yeah they were they were fun i I liked them too i thought they were difficult but not too crazy difficult the only thing i didn't like i I still didn't like that snake one i know you beat it on your first run but i serpent avatar i hated hated him him. i i I agree with you dave he was my least favorite oh yeah he just like dropped the ads quickly but he just like he just wasn't a fun fight. I will say that like his move combo is not fun. He he brings ads, and if you don't kill the ads, he heals. He just I don't know. He just wasn't fun for me. But no, I agree with you, Keith. For me, it's it is more of I think your build to how you fight the bosses. So like the very first boss in the Poison World is a witch who throws skulls. If you have a ranged weapon, she's super easy. But if you have to get in close, she can be devastating. Yeah, she does so much curse damage too. Oh my oh. god, yeah, and it's so annoying. But I, I loved the boss fights. Like you, you make a good point, Keith. Where like they, I love the design of them. They were really cool. They really fit their biomes, and I never felt like any of them were cheap. I thought like all their moves were well telegraphed, and it just they were just overall pretty fun. They weren't anything too frustrating. It would stink if you just weren't strong enough and like you are barely doing damage to them and the fight just takes way too long oh yeah well and and another thing i liked about it too was actually that none of them also felt like they were just beefed up versions of the enemies you had been fighting throughout the whole entire dungeon they were all unique enemies with unique skills and fighting styles and and that was what helped make it refreshing because there's nothing worse than you run through this dungeon fighting a whole you know mob of ghouls forever and ever and then you get to the end and it's just like raw i'm mega cool <laughs> and i'm extra bloody Roar. and you're just like oh cool but in this case like you're like oh geez I, this is this crazy like you know like you could tell on the fire one it was like a hunter of some sort you know it summoned the jaguars it had spears it's like okay i i get what this character is even though i know nothing about it they yeah just, they, they felt cool yeah, they and they did such a good job with the Aztec theme, like like associating the Aztec theme theme with everything. It just, it's just well designed, and I think they just created a really cool world with the game. But Keith, I'm also surprised you haven't talked about your least favorite enemy. Oh, the traps. Yep, the traps. <laughs> the dungeon it's like, itself. It's like wait a minute. The dungeon itself. Let me think about this. Gosh, dang. the natural environment. Keith just. Anytime playing with hearing him play, just God, these stupid traps, these stupid traps. I was I was good with the projectile ones. It was always the stinking statues, it, it, which just goes to it was always the uh, lightning temple. The lightning temple got me every time because there's things on the ground. There are these statues coming after you. There's things that the the projectiles shoot that go blowing up on you. Just there's landmines. Yeah, and and then you got harpies screaming at you. You got just there's too much going on. There's too much in the in that lightning temple. I like that you could use the traps to your advantage. Yeah, I that, that was, was a cool such mechanic. a cool me- mechanic that is you usually don't see is that I mean, you could use them like very strongly to clear out a dungeon and barely swing a weapon. That's yeah, a which there's, there's one of the perks that you know, enemies take 300% more damage from traps. And it's like, that's yeah. really cool. If you're good at pushing enemies into traps, like you can yeah, just smoke through an area. Well, that, and, and even things that weren't necessarily traps you could interact with. I mean, I guess it kind of was, but like in the poison area, you had those little poison clouds, which by themselves just did some damage. But then if you had a fire weapon or even your torch at that point, you could light that poison gas on fire and just explode everything around it. 
So you yeah. could just kind of set it and forget it in some ways. See what I did there? Set it on fire? Uh, uh, no. Uh, thank, thank you for explaining that I, awful joke, Keith. I did a funny. Um, but another cool thing that Curse of the Dead Gods does, and that is actually it's daily runs. I'm generally not a huge fan of daily runs because it's just like, eh, whatever. But in Curse of the Dead Gods, it greatly rewards you to do daily runs. So it actually also banks your daily runs. It has a slot of three daily runs. So if you don't play this game for three days, you can come back. Boom, you have three unique daily runs you can do. And once you do them once, you know, they're gone. And then it, it leaves an empty space. You have to wait another day for to accrue another one. But the fantastic thing about doing daily runs is, you know, it plays with some curses, has some, you know, different mechanics, which makes it more interesting. But anytime you complete just a room in a daily run, you're getting bonus skulls, which you use to permanently increase your runs, like in the benefits of your other runs. So it is super beneficial for you to do these daily runs. And they were just a fun mixture and a nice mix up. Yeah, I did a few of them and I thought they were pretty fun, especially if I was close to wanting to buy something with the blue skulls. I, I would just do a daily run and they, like you said, they rewarded you a lot. So it kind of helped you. Yeah. If you, you beat into getting stuff. Yeah, if you beat one, you get like 200 skulls or something like that. Like, you get a significant amount of them. Yeah, I mean, the game itself, as you get into those later tiers, once you start hitting the third tier of rooms, like, it really starts to drop you a good chunk of them. You'll you'll get a lot for going through just any run, honestly. But I I loved the daily runs, actually. They're the same. Because I'm pretty sure there was even more than just three distinct daily runs. So oh, yeah. it wasn't like you were just getting the same three over and over, or that you just get the same three over and over again. There's a whole bunch of them. And, like, I think of Slay the Spire a lot because I do, I, well, when I when I play that game, I usually will check out the daily run, and so I do those. I've even messed around with, like, building just custom things or whatever, but it's really just a set of, like, on-off switches of, like, okay, this thing doesn't happen, or you get increase of this. What yeah. I felt like was different about the daily runs and Curse of the Dead Gods is the fact that it like altered the gameplay. You had that one where I think it's an eff- it, or it is an effect you can get in in the regular game, the hallucination. But the whole yeah. game is just in that mode. It's this weird fuzzy black and white. You have no HUD outside of your stamina blips, and so you just I don't you're just running this blind run, and so it can be really difficult or maybe not and you don't even realize it you could be dominating and not knowing it you could also be near (laughs) death and be like man i am crushing it right now because you have (laughs) no way to tell it doesn't let you pick your rooms the map is gone everything is completely set for you so like that one's really cool there's the one with the all you have is the cursed bow and that's your only weapon of any kind. that one was fun oh that one's a ton of fun i haven't played that one yet yeah, so there's just there, you know, the one where you start with one health. Like Andrew was laughing at me because on the stats page it tells you your your quickest death, and mine was 12 seconds. Yeah, which is impressive. If this game actually, as difficult as it is, it is pretty forgiving. Like it's not like one hit and you lose majority of your health bar. Like this game's pretty forgiving. And so that's why I thought it was funny. It was like, wait, 12 seconds? That's an achievement, Keith. Yeah. So so one of the daily runs, you start with one health, but you gain health every time you pick up an item or pick up gold. So I just, yeah, they, I, like I was looked forward to playing them. And then with the added benefit of really getting loaded up on, on those skull currencies, it was great. I mean, I, I only really played like two. So the one I played um, the most of was the one with the... Uh, the mirror rooms and the no HUD one. I did really well on that one. That was that was fun, except for 
it was late and I was trying to figure out what how much longer I had to go and it <laughs> it just kept going. But aside from that, it was a, it was, a, it was fun. It was, yeah, it's challenging. Uh, yeah, this this is a way to show how like addictive this game was. This game, you know, Chris and Dead did a really good job at being able to save your progress. Anytime you entered a new room, it always popped up on your screen. You know, save you can save your progress right now. Like it gave you the option to press start, save and quit, and be done. Uh, once you kind of left the first beginning area, then you couldn't just like save your run. But anytime I saw that, I'm always like, no, I gotta keep going. I gotta keep going. This game just hooked me. Even when I lost, I'm like, oh, I'm just gonna do another run. Each run would kind of, you know, vary from like 15 minutes to almost like 90 minutes, depending like, you know, how far of a tier you're in and how far you're in the game. But I just, anytime I died, I just wanted to keep going. <laughs> yeah, even on some winning runs, I think I had like sub 20 minutes. And that yeah. was going through like all three because, again, I just got, I got really fortunate with the way I was able to build everything. Like I got a good starting set of weapons that I liked all of them. They paired well. And I just cruised through it. And then, yeah, there's some where it's like close to an hour. And then I end up losing on the final boss. <laughs> yeah, I thought the third tier, by the third tier, it was taking me over 30 minutes per run most of the time. Yeah. But the first, you know, the first time it was, you know, you only stay there for a very short period of time. But those are nice 10, 15 minute runs and you're done. So what did you guys think overall of the graphics of Chris the Dead Gods? Man, you guys are just so thrilled. <laughs> You're both just like thinking, like, hmm. were there graphics? <laughs> I, I don't know. I, they were, they were fine. Honestly, like, I have no complaints about them. None at all. I, I think they were perfectly fine. They, I liked the character models because even amongst yeah. the three different biomes, you, you sort of said it earlier, but you, they're very character models. While you knew what they were, because they all had a similar function, or you know, like. I don't know how to like the mages all kind of floated or you, you yeah you knew what they were doing by their size or whatever <laughs> it may be or you knew their category I guess is what I'm yeah. thinking but they were all unique and nothing was a recoloring anywhere in the game it was Correct, all unique yeah. even even the weapons themselves had slight variations to the way they looked and they weren't just yeah. again a recoloring either so I just I I really appreciated their attention to detail, even if it wasn't like blow you away graphics. But I kind of am assuming it's a pretty small studio, so I don't, I'm not yeah. looking for blow away graphics. Twelve people, nice. Congratulations. The, I'm gonna call them the Dirty Dozen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought the graphics were good. The game played well, and that's what more mattered to me than the graphics was that it, you know, everything was responsive and. Nothing. There's no like lag or anything crazy like that. It's you could see everything that was going on even in darkness um, enough to to play, and so the graphics were were serviceable. They were good. Yeah, I thought they were good. Nothing mind blowing. This game does a lot with the lighting effect, being in you know the darkness or being in the light, and I thought it was you know well telegraphed. You know if you're in the light or the dark. Not only that, there's actually I don't know if you guys noticed, but there was actually a symbol at the bottom of the screen showing if you're in the light or the dark. Yeah, I but thought it was nice that they had that. I never used it because, yeah. <laughs> like you said, they did a good enough job or you just kind of knew when you were, were and weren't in dark and light. I mean, sometimes you could very quickly tell it by your damage for one. But <laughs> yeah. it, it usually carried like a good enough outline of of what the light was allowing you to see that you knew when you weren't, were and weren't in it. One thing I thought was really cool, though, was that if you lit enemies on fire, they acted as a source of light. 
And yep. I thought that was just like a really yeah. cool attention to detail, I guess, like from a gameplay, but also graphics standpoint, it was just kind of neat. Or they could actually light torches if you knocked them into a torch and like little things like that were kind of neat. Yeah. yeah. Or lightning also causes uh, fire as well. Uh, it's not yeah, like, oh, they just got electrocuted. It actually set people on fire. I didn't notice that. That's cool. But yeah, I, I thought the character designs were really impressive in this game because I also like this game's a bit like cell shaded. And yeah. the graphics to it is just, it's really nice. Because when you first play it, it's very colorful and stuff. But as you get, like, farther in the dungeons, it gets, like, more gruesome. Like, especially, like, in the Red World, you know, then there's, like, rivers of blood. There's bodies, you know, being, de- like, decapitated and just mangled and on pikes. And so it's, like, weird. Because when you first play it, it's kind of colorful and nice and, and bright and everything. And then it just gets dark. So I, I thought they just nailed the Aztec theme really well in this game. You know a lot about Aztec mythology and lore? Ah, uh, so much. I'm, I'm, you know, practically Aztecian myself. That's <laughs> what you, what you do with all your downtime at work. You just sit around and read about Aztec lore. <laughs> yep, basically. I, I want to hear you pronounce the names of the uh, enemies. <laughs> oh man, I thought I could actually. Do you want me to pull them up? Let's do this. Is that offensive? Are we going to offend people with that? Probably. Good. Yeah, that's what we need on this. I just know there's a lot of letters that, in my mind, uh, I, I don't feel like they make words or sounds that I can make with my mouth. So, see, I know I know plenty about Aztec lore because you know I, I can just speak it so fluently. You got you know, Caxtaca, the High Lord of the Storm, or Malik Pal, the Flesh Monstrosity. That sounds Ratapui, right. the Abomination. Oh, I think that's that's nailed it. <laughs> You're fluent. Zoocat the witch. <laughs> See, it's like you're announcing Pokemon. I know. <laughs> <laughs> All right, now we're definitely canceled. <laughs> so yeah, I thought the over the graphics are great. And sorry, the sounds went. I thought the sounds were just good. This game didn't have too much music. There wasn't anything too crazy with it. And. I don't know. The sound was nice because the sound did a good job telegraphing enemies' attacks. It would normally do like a high-pitched sound when an attack, like a attack that was being able to parry, when an attack that you could parry was about to happen. Yeah, I also actually used the sound effects of my weapon as like a rhythm for, yeah. for attacking. Like you just like especially like you had the sword, you had to have the like swipe, 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 and and then you'd pa- like hear a pause, and then you could you know hit y real quick and get your combo off for that so like i i didn't like the sound effects so much as far as like oh wow these are really immersive and 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 experienced as much as i liked them as like oh these are very helpful to the gameplay yeah i agree i think that was a good way of summary summarizing that keith yeah but i'm really good at summarizing things (laughs) (laughs) but i mean it wasn't like Detrimental. Like, honestly, I played this game a handful of times silently uh, when I was, like, editing some episodes. And you can do it just fine. I would have struggled. I, I, I really think I would have. Oh, really? Because, I, yeah, I turned out down the sound a few times, and it was... I struggled with it. I Maybe never I tried. struggled. I just didn't notice. <laughs> <laughs> that can happen. It is possible. I just played this game so much that I can't remember what, what, what runs were what. But, yeah. So, getting into our final category of the achievements... And overall, the achievements are actually not that bad for when it comes to a roguelike. Uh, there are a handful that were pretty tricky, but I, I didn't find them to be awful. I felt like this game kind of drip-fed you, drip you enough achievements that 
I, I always felt like I was kind of progressing. Feels like the majority of them are built into like progression. Yeah. And or at yeah. least the biggest ones are. And I think that's why I struggled to get some of them. Well, I'm only one temple behind you guys, I guess. I just haven't beaten the third tier of lightning, but yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't feel like they're too bad, but I think that as a whole, there are definitely some, I think if you're trying to like max this game out, you, you've got to be at 50 plus hours. Cause you got to like unlock every single like blessing and all that type of stuff or perk and all yeah. that. Right? So, yeah. You really got to collect the skulls. Yes. Yeah, so, but I didn't see anything that was like kill 10,000 of this enemy type or anything like that that you no. see a lot in this type of game. Or yeah, like die a hundred times or die a yeah. thousand times or something crazy like that. And you're like, look, I die a lot, but it also <laughs> takes me 35 minutes to die. So that's a lot of time to play this game. But yeah, you're right. There, there's nothing that's overly grindy, but at least in the context of the game, I guess are. Uh, there was oh, crap. I forgot to test this out. Um, but as far as I can tell, I think I would recommend this for achievement hunters because this game also does have an assist mode and you can actually turn on invincibility. And as far as I can see, none of the achievements exclude you if you do any of the assist mode. Unfortunately, I forgot to test this out. I wanted to test it out for some of them, but I'm pretty sure you can do the assist mode and just kind of burn through a lot of these achievements. Oh, so you're going to cheat for some achievements and then just call it testing? quote unquote yes for education reasons <laughs> this is for science, it's for science. It's, <laughs> it is it is not for me to be at the top of the leaderboard i'm not concerned about that shut up <laughs> it's for science i'm just gonna go i just I, need one I, I, don't worry andrew i'll take care of it for you i'll just go through and make sure i can get every single achievement with it and uh you know, yeah, why did you test it out, Keith? You I don't know. Or why don't you test it out on Liz's account? She doesn't care about achievements. She never gets any. So it's not like she's she's cheating anybody. Because I forgot. See, you can't even make fun of me for it because it's not like I actually did it. But I probably well, I, I can make fun of you for, get, for forgetting. <laughs> That's true. I'll allow that. And I did. But yeah, but yeah, none of the achievements, there's none like, hey, beat the entire run without taking a single hit. The Probably the hardest, grindiest achievement is the one called Memoirs, where you have to write all bestiary entries to complete their sketches. And in order to do that, you have to fight and beat the enemies and not take damage from them. And that includes the bosses. So you have to beat each boss, I think it's five times, including like the final bosses, and not take any damage. That's that's a pretty tough challenge. I think I'm actually but, close uh, to it on the uh, the level one red boss. Because yeah, his, uh, his moveset is, is minimal enough and pretty easy to, to go hitless on. Yeah, but to do the final, like, avatars... Oh, yeah, no, I'm not doable. saying I would. <laughs> <laughs> I was just stating that his is, is doable. So, yeah, for Achievement Hunters, yeah, you might want to check it out. Uh, so, yeah, then getting up to our final thoughts... Keith, go. Why don't you go? Because I'm going to go last because I'm going to met- take Liz's Metacritic. Oh, girl. Well... <laughs> I was, I mean, I was pretty, pretty already interested to play this game when I saw it. Well, I saw Dave playing it first, and I looked at it and I thought, oh, that's a Keith game. So I was already <laughs> ready to play it, and honestly, never looked back. It, it was really just fun from start to finish. There's, I apparently am just not as good at video games as Andrew and Dave are because I struggled <gasps> to get through some of the uh, the temples in the earlier runs until I started to get into some better rhythms, but it was never so much that I felt like this game is too much. Like like when I think back about playing Dead Cells, where, yeah, you beat the game once, and then the very next tier of difficulty is 
just almost unbeatable unless you're ridiculous i don't know the progression felt reasonable in this game and it felt fun and all of your upgrades felt fun and they felt useful and i'm saying the word and a lot um (laughs) so that that's a thing that's happening but really at the end of the day the gameplay just is a lot of fun and as andrew said you're just you always it has such a good job of doing this just like one more run i'm gonna do it this time i i definitely can do it this time and i keep wanting to come back and i i think i'll probably continue playing this game it's it's a game that i'm i'm gonna have fun with again so definitely a game i give it a solid 85 okay good you just deal my score <laughs> is it stealing um, if I said it first? Um, probably. Good point. Oh, no, I it is written out on first. that whiteboard behind you. My score is 85. <laughs> Please don't steal. <laughs> All right. I thought this game was really good. I also thought it was a Keith game, and so I decided to try it out. And I think it just had some really good systems, and it's not overwhelming with how many systems or how to master them. It's just really fun. And it's easy to get really sucked in. Um, I think people who don't usually play these types of roguelikes would still like it because it does have kind of a ramping up difficulty. So at the beginning, you can kind of feel like you're doing stuff well um, before it starts to get really tough. Um, Overall, I give it a 90. Oh, so you're just adding on five points to those bonus (laughs) Keith guessed it points? You stole stole my score, I told you. Well, and and, uh, you actually said something interesting when because Andrew already mentioned the assist mode, but I didn't really think of that in terms of someone who's never played a roguelite at all. If you're to pick this game up, n- so few of these games, these like this genre, has that functionality. And I think yeah. that's so cool that they can just be like, yeah, here, you may not be well-versed in this system, but come along. We'll help, we'll help you get there, and we'll give you a reason to want to because it's such a turn-off to people if you're not like generally good about some of these things because you have to remember so many different items what did i like what did i not like that it can be overwhelming and it's just going to push people away if they're not familiar with it sometimes so i think it's it's cool to like really help people along yeah, yeah. Uh, i mean one thing i kind of to quickly go back you know we kind of covered it there was one thing that was nice as much as like there's actually not that many relics there's maybe like a good like 15 or so it's just you're getting better quality relics so sure. I didn't feel like this game was flooding you with like, hey, this thing's going to add this weird perk to you. They were all very basic, but they just got like better quality. And it was nice. That's but yeah, but I'm fully with you guys. Curse of the Dead Gods just, it hooked me right away. Like not, not right away. At first when I played, I was just like, whatever, this is a typical roguelike. But then after I was kind of learning these mechanics, the mechanics are very simple, but... It just it was it was shocking how much they added to this game, how much risk reward, how much of that just kept driving me and kept pushing me to be better and to get better weapons, better and to just hone my skills. Like I was really into this game when we started playing it. I thought the boss fights were great, the enemies were great, the items were fun, just I love the environment, just there's very few bad things I can say about this game. I and I'm just I'm I was really surprised. That this just could be just another key throw like and that was it. Rinse and repeat. But I, I we did not explain the mechanics, I think, like how well as like how much fun they add to Curse of the Dead Gods. So you really should check it out. For me, I'm giving this a ninety. There's there's just very little I think I can complain about this game. Now you stole my score. I know. 
<laughs> I mean, I was going to go back. I'm giving and it a 92. I was going to go back and add five points for the assist mode that I forgot to talk about. So I mean, we can all be 90s. <laughs> no, you know what? Nothing. I'm actually going to give it a 92. How about that? Okay. Um, oh, and I did also forget to mention that the time to beat, you're looking maybe at 23 hours to do the main story and about 42 hours to do all the extras. Uh, but as far as Metacritic goes, you are looking at a meta score of 90. Wait. Nailed it. Hold on. <laughs> as far as Metacritic scores goes, it's the critics gave it a 90 and the users gave it a 7.5. What uh, do users know? I was surprised that users are kind of like the score is that low uh, because the only people who wrote reviews all gave it a nine or a 10. Um, this one year is a hero wrote, I didn't like it at first glance as it felt confusing with high learning curve. And my biggest mistake was I bought it on switch, giving it a second chance on Xbox via game pass. And I have to admit I was wrong about this game. It rocks hooked me in like only dead cells could before with roguelike games. It plays so much better on Xbox due to the controller, stable frame rates, 4K, where you can really see the immense details of the graphics, smooth controls, and even more smooth action. Yeah, and like that's generally what like a lot of consensus of people are saying. A lot of people are comparing this to Hades, which I think is fair, but I mean they're both roguelikes. I mean you, you can kind of compare it to any of them, but yeah, this this game is just a lot of fun. Which actually I I forgot to or I don't think we mentioned this at all, but I had seen this. And then I just quickly looked it up, just a final thought. Did you know they did a like crossover with Dead Cells in this? Where I think they yeah. added some like weapons or something that were like pulled from well, they Dead Cells. They have the cursed chests, right? Is that, is yeah. that it's from? Those are from Dead uh, yeah, from Dead Cells. Okay. Yes. And I mean, did you notice one of the curses that you get? Uh, the one where you take like fifty percent more damage until you kill thirty enemies and you run faster? Did you notice the curse? You have the dead cell guy's head uh, on your body. No, I didn't. That's really cool, yeah. though. Yeah, your your head's like smoky with like a one glowing eyeball, and yeah, it's the dead cell. Oh dang, that's it's a that's a guy. really cool nod to it. Well, I guess not even a nod. It's like a crossover. But yeah, I, I don't know. Just thought it was kind of cool. You know, the game or kind of developers in the genre scratching the backs or kind of you know plugging other games. I, I always think that's kind of neat. Yeah, I thought this game was from the same studio because. But then I looked into it, and it's not. The only other game the studio made was a um, uh, kind of a tower defense game called Space Run. Okay. That's like number three on my genre list, so okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait. No, they did another one. Uh, Curse of the Anima, I think was the other one. I think it was called, which is kind of a little bit more of an RTS, but yeah. So they just love curse stuff. Oh, yeah. But anyway. Curse of the Monkey so, Brains. That'll be the next one. Hope. It'll deal with with Indian temples. <laughs> all right, but I think that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, thank you all so much for joining us. I've been your Harker Gamer host, Andrew. You can find me on Xbox Live at Firebird0952. If you have a game suggestion or you just want to say hi, we would love to hear from you. We love uh, getting fan mail. You can email us at GamePassGrabBag at gmail.com, or you can check us out on Facebook at GamePassGrabBag or Twitter at GPGBPod. Uh, I've been Keith, and I'm probably going to play some Curse of the Dead Gods. <laughs> all right i'm david <laughs> thanks everybody <laughs> okay. really really wanted up me there dave i'm david all right everyone thank you all so much for joining us we'll see you again next week bye bye